A 10. Ooh, a 10. Andy, today we will be discussing Design and Arena Boss Rush. Big bad evil guy after big bad evil guy, each more deadly than the last. Oh, is this a new addition to the table? Yes, this is. This was added by a listener, um, Ryan, who's out in Korea. Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. Um, Andy, so I watched um, a movie this week that I liked a lot that I wanted to talk about briefly, because I, I think it has a lot to do with gaming. Uh, it was uh, Murder Murder on the Nile. I don't... Is it um, the Agatha Christie? Yes, it well, is. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, so uh, Kenneth... I'm going to say his last name wrong. Bragna? Kenneth I Bragna? think Branagh. Branagh? Okay, Branagh, yeah. So something he, like that. He uh, he plays Poirot um, in this one, and then he also did uh, the Murder on the Orient Express, which came out a couple years mm-hmm. ago as well. Which I liked that movie a lot. I think it kind of critically got panned a bit, but it was it was super fun. Uh, this one is also really good. Yeah, Murder on the Nile is is fantastic. Um, yeah, super well done. There's like seven mysteries going on all at once. <laughs> it's like yeah, just one of those movies where if you're into that style of movie, that like ensemble cast murder mystery i highly recommend it it was really good that's great you know my wife is has read every agatha christie novel multiple times and uh and speaks highly of both of those movies okay yeah yeah it's good um you know so especially like it it got me in the mood to like want to go play like call of cthulhu right because it's just that sort of like that style (laughs) Mm -hmm. that style is really great yeah uh so the there is one scene in that movie which I'm, i'm gonna like i won't spoil it too much but there's one scene where like the murder stuff starts to happen <laughs> in it. Um, and it is like the most tense scene in a movie that I've seen in a while. Hmm. There's something that they do just with like the movies, uh, like general, like energy level is like pretty even up until that point. And then all of a sudden it gets really frantic and there's all sorts of stuff happening all at once. Like, you know, like this is the, this is the scene where like, if you're smart, unlike me, you'd be able to figure out the mystery, like as it's happening, right? Like figure out the murder. You're like, Oh, well that person wasn't here and this person was there. And you know, all that, that sort of stuff. And instead of me, a rube is just sort of like watching this unfold and like, Oh no, like what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, you know, the detective pieces together just based on like people's retelling of that situation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It just, it, uh, it kind of inspired me, right? Like if I'm ever going to run a mystery again to like really think through like that moment in it, in, in the game, right? Like, I think if you can show that on screen as it were, like at the table, I think that'd be really exciting if there's a way to do that. Um, I'm not sure like how, how you necessarily would pull it off, but to have, have that moment, I think is really cool. And then, um, to like, yeah, slowly kind of piece it together after the fact. So can you describe the scene, uh, more, a little bit more specifically? So just to clear up, you're not talking about the scene where the mystery is, uh, unveiled and like the detective mm-hmm. explains oh, how okay, all no. the pieces fit together. It's a different, it's the yeah. actual, it's the actual crime, right? Yes. So let's talk a little yeah. bit more about what went into that scene. Yeah, so it's the the point where the actual crime happens. Although the like the big reveal at the end, where you know like the the mystery is solved and stuff, is also very excellent, of course. <laughs> um, right, uh, but yeah, when the actual the actual crime happens, you know, I should go back and like I want to go back and watch it and sort of see see what they actually did to um, you know kind of to, to ratchet up the like the tension and the stress and stuff. But it just felt like palpable. Like, like you kind of went from 
people hanging out together to all of a sudden it was like, oh, something is going to happen at this moment, right? Like, hmm. um, you know, I think like the cuts were quicker, you know, like uh, there was in, you know, altercation between a couple of people and then all of a sudden people were running around. You had characters crisscrossing, people going who were in the frame, suddenly leaving the frame, all that, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so I think like if I was going to run it as a game, you know, like doing that, that sort of scene, I think like, you know... You can't necessarily have the players be the perpetrator, right? But like you know, you know, some of the NPCs and stuff. I think just having NPCs maybe like leave, right? Like that that all of a sudden can um, cast doubt on like whether or not they did it, you know. Too. So there's you know some of that stuff, and then like hearing stuff in the distance, you know, the, those sorts of things. But I mean, like having having stuff sort of like happening one after another really quickly uh, is is really fascinating. I think like it just gets your brain going. Yeah, it would be interesting to run that and to think about ways that the PCs wouldn't feel really passive. You mm-hmm. know, like in a in a traditional murder, you know, the the murders happened outside Mm -hmm. of the power of the pcs to stop it you know and i wonder if there's ways you could yeah if you had a bunch of shorter scenes of that involved interactions with the different npcs enough to let the players kind of cement who they saw doing what and who they noticed was missing let some of those details Mm -hmm. just sink in if the players are paying attention that could be kind of interesting have you ever played with having a like a tight time frame on actions that are happening within your game? So it's like you you might even set a real real world clock, um, and then you know like fifteen minutes is going to start from here and just go, and then you interrupt no matter what's happening to interject with like new bits of information. Have you done that before? Somewhat, yeah. I've I've played in and run one or two games that had a real world clock counting down. Mm-hmm. Usually, the clock was counting down to like the end of the the whole session so it wasn't within the scene like you have 10 seconds to react to this and then we move on if that makes sense yeah 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 that makes sense yeah when we did um we ran a one shot on air this past year on, on the podcast and that one had sort of a real world clock associated with it but it was more it was a little fuzzier it was like you know at about a half an hour this is going to happen at about you know about an hour this will happen Mm -hmm. um but you know i think if you're going to have if you're going to run like an agatha christie style like murder mystery where the the players are are like there when the actual event is happening almost right like maybe they're not like you know in the room but like you know they're nearby stuff i think you'd have to have somewhat of like a a running narrative and like maybe you leave like a five second gap here and there for someone to say like i run down the hall right and then you just kind of keep going Uh keep going from there um so i mean it it has my brain going right like this to me is a good hallmark of a good movie it's like you finish watching it and then as a a game master you're like oh how could i do that (laughs) how could i do that at the table yeah absolutely i have had i do think of you know as we often do in this show uh, video games where you have a, a timer on your response to a particular situation. Mm-hmm. I think the the Telltale quasi oh, yeah, yeah. adventure games yeah, yeah. do this pretty heavily where someone will say something and then you've got, you know, there's a visible countdown timer that's five or ten seconds and you have to mm-hmm. choose one of the available responses. Uh, that's it's pretty, you know, it adds a lot of tension to those games. But Yeah, yeah, like there was a bunch of, they did a couple of Walking Dead games, I think. They um, did, which are yeah. very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
thank you for indulging me and talking about this this movie. Uh, this was also sort of me saying like you need to watch it, right? Like I need yeah. you to watch it so we can talk about it more. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's actually transition over to our design challenge for the day. So um, one of our, our listeners wrote in Ryan, uh, who's out in Korea, uh, and he he asked if he could suggest a, a topic and i was like of course you can right <laughs> this, this sounds great um yeah so he sent this one in so it's design an arena boss rush and so i think this is something that again is like a little bit more common in video games and is not something i don't know if i've seen this in a role-playing game yeah although i'm sure it exists right so the, the idea is that you have you know like you enter a coliseum or you know there's some sort of like i don't know contained space where there's a boss and then as soon as you finish that boss there's another boss and when we say boss, this is like an encounter or, you know, a fight between your party and this this villain that you just like happens. And the, the idea is that, you know, one of you is going to die, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, one of you has to go down, um, has to lose here. And then the, the next person is going to show up. Um, yeah. So I guess, have you run anything like this before or have you come across anything like this before? Not exactly, but it, maybe we could talk a little bit about what would distinguish in tabletop RPG terms, what would distinguish like a, a quote boss rush from just maybe a sequence of three consecutive combat mm. encounters in a dungeon. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Maybe this is where we'll get to our kind of defining, <laughs> defining what we think the question actually yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the, um, the important part is like, it doesn't really matter what's in between the things necessarily. It's more that it's just like one after another. So maybe it is just like if there's a five five room dungeon, it's just there's a boss in each room, mm -hmm. right? And there's a one door, you know, kind of one entrance, one exit um, for each room. Um, yeah, or it is a setup like a, a coliseum style thing where it's like you're you're fighting whoever is getting thrown in front of you. So you walk out into the the arena, someone else walks out, you have to fight, and then you leave, you come back out, and there's another one like that. Um, you know, I think we could probably put, we could put a framework around that just to make it narratively interesting, right? Like, so maybe that's the first thing we could come up with is like, why in the world, <laughs> why in the world are you even doing this in the first place? Well, uh, you know, some kind of arena, kind of arena setup seems like the obvious way to do this in a, in a D and D ish or similar style game. That's, I kind of would be nice if we could come up with a maybe slightly more interesting framework than that, just simply because that's kind of the default that probably jumped into both of our minds. So yeah. What if it's like a multiverse setup or, or like an interplanar thing where for whatever reason you're trying to get back to, I don't know, like your, your home planet, your home universe, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, and it's like each, each boss that you fight, like, I don't know, has a key or opens a portal or something at the end of it to like, let you go down, down a level or like, you know, up a level, right. To, to mm -hmm. get back to, to where you're going. Um, does that sound yeah. interesting or is that, I don't it, know, too hand wavy? It does. I, so, I mean, the concept itself is, has a certain artificiality to it. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine a framework in which someone wasn't, you know, some villain or something wasn't deliberately setting up this sequence of fights for you. I think that makes it a little tricky to think outside of the arena type situation. Like where would you mm -hmm. encounter something like this? There's a, just real quick, I'm thinking about um, the Mega Man video games. Um, I don't know if you've played any of those all the way through. Nope. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, well, they're really good, but you should. Yeah. So the Mega Man games always like you, you fight a bunch of these robots, right? And then there's, uh, like a final stage where you're fighting the, the guy that makes all the robots, basically Dr. Wily. Uh-huh. Um, but before you fight him, I think in every single one of the games, there's, there is a boss rush where you go back and you have to fight each of the, 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 the bosses again before you can face him, but you have all of your powers, right? So like a lot of them are much easier than they, they were the first time around um so that's another one that i'm thinking about and that's very much a like hey if you want to face me you got to go through these (laughs) these eight fools first yep i'm intrigued so here's an idea i'm circling around but i haven't figured out how it plays into this i'm intrigued by seeing this as a resource challenge a resource management challenge Mm -hmm. or by the idea that the way you handle one boss affects the way the options you'll have at your disposal for the second mm. one. And okay. I haven't really landed on anything, but I'm intrigued by that, that idea a little bit. What if, um, like just taking a step back and like thinking very mechanically about it, like, yeah, like what if you are given a choice between various like buffs and debuffs before you enter the arena? So it's like, you can make this fight completely in the dark. You can make this fight underwater. Oh. You can make this fight like, yeah, so like maybe you get a little bit of information about yeah about like who the enemy might be, but like you're so then you're just choosing from a list of stuff, and it's like once you choose one, you can't use it again. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to avoid the video game talk in this, but mm-hmm. uh, do you remember in do you remember in Dark Souls two the fight with the lost sinner? No. If you uh, you've you've done it. It's just slipping from your memory. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this boss fight that takes place in a pitch black room, which is why this jumped into mind. Okay. And if you do some work in advance, and being in a pitch black room has some mechanical effects, like you can't lock onto it and things like mm-hmm. that, that make the fight very tough. Yeah. If you, if you do some work in advance without without really knowing why you're doing it, you can illuminate the chamber that the boss is in, and the fight becomes not very difficult at all oh so, interesting okay. you know i wonder if if you could uh you know provide some clues in advance you know, some clues in advance for the pcs so they could do a little bit of planning of like mm-hmm. i don't know this we know we're gonna uh, be fighting something in a water environment yeah no i like that um okay so i think we should let's just adopt the angle that there is sort of some malevolent malevolent villain who's just like you have to go through this right sure, yeah. like yeah like maybe this is the the actual big bad but you need to go through my four four or five minions before you can get to me so like let's if we if we stick with that i think that that'll free us up a little bit to, to create some more interest around sure around the uh, what if we could, let's talk about this just for one more quick moment so okay, what yeah. if so i'm intrigued kind of by the idea of big bads that instead of making you wade through you know, a couple dungeon levels worth of goblins and trolls and getting increasingly hard. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, you know, Strahd style almost, they appear and just confront you straight up, like maybe even early yeah. on. I'm kind of yeah. intrigued at the idea that, like, maybe the big boss and his lieutenants, like, are all basically itching to take down the party. And yeah. they draw straws or, or, or something, and they basically just go confront you one at a time to see who can beat you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, what if, I mean, you could probably create some fun, um, interpersonal conflict between, between those people too, right? Like you could have them 
it's like, you know, the big bad's like whoever gets them, you know, gets, gets to be my right hand person, you know, yeah. something like that. Um, but they all know that you're powerful enough to like kill them. Right. So there's sort of like this jockeying a position where it's like, well, you go first, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. weaken them. And then all like, then I can clean up, yeah. you know, or someone's like, well, I'm just going to take them out right now. Cause like, I can absolutely do it. Right. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, maybe the, the order is sort of self-imposed based on like them jockeying for political, <laughs> political positioning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have this situation where, through some scenario like that, a sequence mm-hmm. of bosses. And I guess, you know, just to define it, a, you know, a boss fight is, how are we going to, how are we going to distinguish this from like a regular fight against a troll you found in a dungeon room, right? Mm-hmm. It's a plot significant encounter with a memorable and important NPC mm-hmm. that, you know, stand, that is, that is rigged mechanically to be, a really a tough fight that requires, mm-hmm. you know, care, use of all of your strategy and and wits. Right? Is that a good yeah. way to describe a boss fight? I think so. Let's let's just the the premise is like you know for an arena boss rush. So I think we should let's let's grab onto that a little bit and say that like also the setup for like where you're fighting is the same every time. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So like whatever that is, if it's a coliseum, if it's something else. Um, you know, if it's a virtual reality <laughs> space or something, you know, if it's a holodeck, something like that. Um, let's pick our genre then a little bit. Like, so sure. do we want to stick with like D and D? Do you, is there anything else that you're thinking about that's, um, that's jumping out to you? I, so my mind is kind of going towards a sort of science fantasy type setting. Okay. So think maybe final fantasy or maybe like guardians of the galaxy. Okay. Where yeah. I mean, it's sci-fi, but it's it's also got a strong root in just sort of D and D and D style punching. What do you what do you yeah. think about that? No, I like that. Right, and then you have sort of the whole universe to your at your disposal too. Yeah. So, like the the creatures or the, the bosses can be um, different. <laughs> yep, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let's say okay, yeah. All right, so yeah, some sort of science science fantasy. Um, are they just on that? I feel like is it in one of the Thor movies, the the comedy Thor movie where where they actually are on a planet? Yeah, there actually like, is an arena where they fight where they fight yeah. each other and other creatures, I think. Yeah. Um I mean is it too much to just rip rip that off? I feel like maybe we don't wanna I, No, let's yeah. let's just let's just okay. do it. Um okay. gaming is all about stealing ideas from your favorite stuff. So yeah. that was a great movie, so let's steal. Okay, all right. Let's steal. Let's steal the idea of a coliseum. We don't necessarily need to steal the idea of Jeff Goldblum um, being <laughs> yes. the the mastermind. He's always going to be the I third boss. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I just need the listeners to know that there are approximately ten other video game references that I want to make right yes. now, but I'm not. I'm not making. I know. It's so, so hard. Are, Chris and I are <laughs> making saving throws like crazy over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. So there's some sort of like space planet coliseum thing um where where all these things are going to happen do we want to stick with the like the the bosses who are fighting the party are volunteering for this um or is this yeah more like i mean so again in the in that movie uh it was more like prisoners fighting each other i believe yeah let's say that there's a somewhat voluntary aspect to it either these are the lieutenants of the top bad guy jostling for the chance to take you down Mm-hmm. Or they are other prisoners who, you know, have been promised something good like freedom or glory or something if they okay. take you down. So that okay. doesn't totally remove the possibility you might be able to work something out with one of these bosses. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. in general, their motive is going to be just kill, kill all of you, kill all of you. Okay, cool. And then, do we like the idea of having that um, that like mechanical choice too, where it's like, okay, this one's going to be in the dark, this one's going to be underwater, or is that? I do. I like that okay. a lot, actually, and. Okay. I think, you know, if we are thinking of this as a Coliseum, a sport, you know, that maybe people are watching, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, it would be way cool to have a configurable arena, right? So yeah. that it's not just this, every fight doesn't just take place on a big, flat, plain surface. But, like, in this fight, maybe they roll a dice at the beginning of every encounter, or the PCs, you know, there's some sort of mini game, and if whoever wins gets to choose what mod is applied to the arena, yeah. You know, so this one is it fills with like two feet of water, or this one is a bunch of monkey bars and jungle gym type things pop up around the field. Oh yeah. Or it could get crazy like this one. Gravity is halved. You know. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. So like a couple of thoughts is like so I mean you, one way to do this is you could have a d twenty table of various things that could happen and like you choose one and then the the uh, the party also chooses one right so there's like a like it's some sort of combination some sort of like yeah um, fun combination between the two and then no one knows what the other person chose sort of until until it happens yep um which i think i like that right so there's going to be like multiple effects that could happen here's a different thing what if the pcs could wager something to choose the mod they want Oh, okay. So yeah. what if uh, maybe the PCs get to choose something that they take into the battle? Mm-hmm. And the better the thing is, like, the less choice they have over... The, I guess the winner gets to choose the best... Like, I tried to introduce something where the PCs would both have some ability to influence the fight in a way that they want, mm-hmm. but also maybe have to pay some sort of price for it. In a, in a oh. price that makes the fight like more interesting or talented. So I don't know. Okay. Like we won't <laughs> use, we can't use offensive spells in this fight, but you can choose how do you want the arena configured. I, I'm just oh. making that up. That's too okay. harsh, but no. Yeah, I, um, I like that. Right. So it's like you could just play it straight. Right. So like the party could choose nothing, or if they wanted to choose something, they'd have to give give something. Up. Yes, that's I like that. So you, yeah. So you can. What about this? It's either a random roll on the table, or the party makes some kind of concession nice, okay. and gets the right to choose which of the D20 effects they want applied. I like that a lot, yeah. So that's like, okay, if if we roll the, you know, no offensive magic allowed, like, we're screwed. <laughs> so it's like, we gotta, yeah. We gotta figure yeah, out. Yeah, you could have a couple of doozies on that chart. Okay, I think that's that's super fun. The other thing I'm thinking about is, so just, you know, it's like some sort of wager or, you know, could, could you call in favors too? You know, so like, again, thinking about like the narrative around this thing, it's like, you know, like, what if you find a way to befriend the person that gets to pull the lever that decides like what, yeah. <laughs> you know, what thing pops up? Like if you can, um, yeah, if you could influence it in that way. So too. what if, it, I think in, the, I think the Hunger Games novels yeah. had this element of mm-hmm. like if your fans like you enough they couldn't they sort yes. of like drone you in some yes supplies they or could they could they could what? yeah they could pay money to just drop in like here's here's a healing potion <laughs> like yeah what if this is getting too complicated here but what if you had some sort of meta system like a a, a way to score how awesome each side is mm-hmm. being yeah. either as a group or like individually by pc and mm-hmm. that I don't know. I mean, you could 
like if you land a critical hit, for example, maybe your awesome score goes up or if <laughs> yeah. you whatever. I don't know if you dodge the enemy's most powerful attack, your awesome score goes up. And like yeah. if it hits a certain threshold, like some kind of boon is granted to you. Yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, if you just come out and you have three, you know, three wizards who all just cast fireball, like, um, like yeah, yeah, and you you keep doing that, like the crowd is getting more and more bored oh, with you. See, yeah. yeah. So this would take kind of a lot of time to think through cool stuff, but yeah, mm-hmm. you could use that to really encourage the PCs to try different stuff. I mean, I wonder if it's just as much as I mean. I think the system for that could be as simple as like novelty. Um, scoring points so if you try to do the same thing it like mm-hmm. you know like it might work but you're not going to increase your your awesome level or whatever you want to call that yep. like the the crowd favoritism meter that's really cool i want to put a pin in that and talk about something so is this going to be set up such that the players could like could you have a total party kill in this like or would this be a a separate thing that's sort of just like a just for fun <laughs> so that's something we'll have to to talk about mm-hmm. uh you know, related to that is do the PCs get to kind of refresh and recharge everything in mm-hmm. between fights or is it really just you killed that one, the next one just warped in? Yeah. And I, th- you know, I think I like letting the PCs refresh because D&D and similar games are most fun when everyone can... I, I guess in my mind, this would be a fight where there's like a 50% chance that either side will kill the other side. <laughs> and yeah. so... You, you aren't saving your spells for later. You aren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, you are, you are using every resource. You're, you are not hoarding your healing potions for a future encounter. Everything is on the line here in every fight. So yeah. to make that work per fight, you need to, I think, assure PCs that they'll you use everything you've got and you'll, cause you'll get it back before the next fight. Mm-hmm. Unless you think that that isn't as fun. That does take away like the resource management thing, you know, yeah. and I know, you know, in video game things where you have to do a gauntlet type thing like this, it, you do have to, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of doom eternal lately where the fights are often staged where like, as soon as you beat one wave, a new one comes in. And part of the fun mm-hmm. of that is knowing what waves are coming and what, mm-hmm. what you have to have ammo for. <laughs> What yeah. you know what I mean? Um, planning ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it sort of depends on what the what the GM wants here. I think I think there is uh, there's something super fun about like go all out, no matter what. You're going to get a full you know full night's sleep <laughs> yeah. after this, right? So like, you're going to refresh completely. Like there's something really fun about like great. Like I don't have to hold back at all. Like let's just use everything, everything turn one or you know whatever you want to do. There. So there's something really fun about that. And then I think there's also some fun with like, a, this is going to be a slog, like really think about, you know, how you're going to get through it. Yeah. You know, cause you might decide that, you know, in that, um, in that example, like you might decide you're going to hold back a little bit right? yeah. because it's like, well, I got to conserve. So we're going to, you know, figure out some other strategy for this rather than coming out with a uh, fireballs blazing. Yeah. <laughs> what, so what about this compromise at the end mm-hmm. of every fight, the PCs get, so the winning, the loser is dead or carted off, mm-hmm. uh, and the winners get to choose one like major, bon- major boon. Like they're, and it could be like everyone is healed to a hundred percent, or yeah. all spells are restored, or I don't know. That's mm. <laughs> that's probably about it. But uh, <laughs> you know, you could yeah. yeah, you could choose something else. So you don't, you aren't, 
it doesn't take away the need to be careful with what you're doing, but mm-hmm. you'll have you'll you're not going to be totally dead if you finish if you win the round having exhausted everything. Yeah. Okay. So then I think then I just want to like yeah really talk about this part of it. It's like if you if you die in the arena, do you die in real life? Like you know that that sort of thing. Like are, is this a is this something you present to a party that's been playing for like a year of sessions? It's like, oh, this is a fun side quest thing. Don't worry, you can't actually die like in it. Or is it like this could be it, right? Like, this is where you might end your end your campaign. Honestly, I mean, it could be the GM's call. I mean, e- there is something really exciting, intense about like this is it. You're all high level. You've been playing for two yeah. years, and this is your this is the it. Um, you know, if I were running this, I probably would not do that. I would probably. Mm-hmm say you know if they well if the pcs fail in the arena they're the simplest way to achieve their quest is closed off to them and yeah and so uh back to the back to the drawing board um mm-hmm. so if i were running this it would be you know this is the most straightforward chance you're ever going to get on the big bad guy and mm. if you make it then that's awesome they've totally earned it but if they die on the way I mean, that's, it's just not, it's just kind of boring if they just die and you roll up mm-hmm. level one characters. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, other than if maybe it's a one shot too, like you could run it as a, like a high level one shot, like yep. just see how, see how far you can get or like a convention game. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Almost. Um, right. And I think you'd still, you know, you would make it difficult. I don't think you would make it antagonistic to the point where it's like, well, I'm trying to kill you. I mean, you have control whenever you're running a game um, about the difficulty a little bit, but like, I think this is this is a situation where you could really, <laughs> really ratchet that up, and it's like, well, I mean, you're surrounded by a bunch of you know people who want to see you dead. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think uh, I think it could be fun either way. You know, this is definitely a situation where the GM is is if you are a GM that fudges rolls and stuff. I think it would be way more fun not to fudge rolls. You know, decide yeah. in advance how how permanent this is going to be, but then play it totally straight once you've made that determination. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a good one to just like remove the screen. Yeah. You know, between yeah. you and your players. Maybe yeah, it's like, everything yeah. is rolled in the open. You know, mm-hmm. that, I think that would add a lot to especially, I mean, I think that's often a good choice in D and D in general, mm-hmm. but it sure would add a lot to a, a contest like this. What are some narrative things we can um, put in, put into this that would make it, a little bit more compelling or a couple, like have a couple hooks in here beyond just like you're fighting one after another. Right. So three to five bosses in a row, right? Like what happens in between? Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, this is your, your best shot at like the, the real villain, the real big, bad, evil, evil person. Um, like how do you, like, what is that shot? Is that them coming into the arena to fight you? Or is it like, you see them in the crowd and you can like, after you've killed all the lieutenants, then you can go make your run, run at them. I think that, Oh, you know, good question. I don't, well, I think if you're doing this as like a one shot type of thing, then the most fun thing is that the final boss is the big bad. Yeah. And he's like bound either by honor or by the rules of the uh, arena or by mm-hmm. something, or just by GM Fiat, that he's so mad at you, you know, he jumps into yeah. the arena to finish you off. 
Does he jump into the arena and, like, flames shoot up and, like, encircle the whole thing and, like, fire? Oh, (laughs) like a firewall. Of course. Of course it does. Yes. Uh, And, you know, or, yeah, I like the, you know, or he's not supposed to jump into the arena, but he's furious. And so he he does anyway. Uh, If I were running as part of, like, a plot campaign, I would probably, you know, this would be a massive victory for the PCs and they would get you know get whatever it is they've been gunning for for the last several months of campaign whether that's Mm -hmm. um yeah i think um i like that idea of you get to the end of it and the big bad is just like so furious that you've you've taken out all all their lieutenants that they just like jump into the arena it's like maybe that last one you don't get the refresh or something oh yeah (laughs) Uh, the refresh that you were expecting um right like don't don't lie to your players but like if there's a way to like yeah make it be like well you might not always (laughs) yeah always get it but they just jump in and it's like the crowd disperses or you know like everything changes subtly but you're still within the arena you know like there is fire everywhere or there's like mass chaos like just something else happens in there you're still in the same space it's no longer a game in the game it's like it's like this is the serious in in final fantasy 7 there's that big uh, i've only played Mm -hmm. the remake but there's that big Uh like there's a sequence of uh, coliseum battles what what are you fighting that for like what do you get at the end of that I have no idea, but okay. you do fight the Hell House in that, and yeah. that is the worst fight. It's in that the game. worst. It, it, it's like a it's like a sixty minute boss fight. If like me, you yeah. haven't ever really figured out how to handle like magic resistances yeah. and stuff in that game. Uh, yes. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, though the the stakes should be whatever whatever your PCs would feel incredibly excited to achieve, and if that mm-hmm. needs to be killing the actual big bad guy, great. If it just if it's like oh now you get the bad guy's ship you know or something like that or mm-hmm. you just i don't know yeah there's some sort of i mean i like the idea of it being very very gamey and that there's some sort of like major wager that's going on yeah like you get he's like if you can beat all of my lieutenants you get my airship right <laughs> you know, yeah like something absurd like something you can't buy yeah you know? or like you get like a million in-game gold and like you need a million in-game gold for some other thing and it's like you're, there's no way you're going to scrape it together otherwise right like i think like one way you could see this in is just like you yeah the, the players are told that they have to resurrect someone the price is one million gold and like 10 pearls that you, you know you have no access to yeah and then they're walking down the street and there's a flyer up on a, a pole that's like Hey, you know, grand prize, million gold, <laughs> like, you know, 10 pearls, like that, that sort of thing I think would be really fun. It's like, well, I mean, you could try, you could go clear out every goblin mine in the, yeah. in the country, or you could go, you know, fight in this, this ridiculous space arena. <laughs> and then there's always the idea that feels kind of Star Trek-y for, to me, which is, you know, this is a proxy fight, you know, whoever wins mm-hmm. get like gets their way in the wider world, like the loser agrees to withdraw their army or something, you know? Oh Yeah. So, okay, I think we should, before long, we should move into talking about the actual bosses themselves, just yes. because we've been going for a while here. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, let's. Um, so let's talk about the actual bosses okay. then in here. Um, so I think that part of this is going to be tuned to whatever your campaign is, right? Yeah. A little bit, like in that, you know, if it's, if you're more grounded, you're probably going to have more grounded characters, like maybe there's, I don't know guys with guns or something like that yeah but um so i like let's go in a bit of a wackier you know we've been talking about like space fantasy so like anything in the universe is fair game Um, i think the thing that i would immediately play with is like uh the size of the combatants so 
I would have some sort of like 50 foot tall giant giant with a club that's uh you know fighting you so it's like you know this coliseum is very big but this thing is huge too and it's taking up a ton of space yeah um yeah yeah so i yeah my mind went to something similar actually i was trying to think about like what are the types of bosses that are fun there's Mm -hmm. there's always like a big there's the big bruiser with Mm -hmm. a million hit points and if it hits you it does a million points of damage and it's just a uh a a if I want to think about like what part of mechanical mastery does the boss require you to uh, you know exhibit? Oh, okay. So a big thing with a ton of hit points requires a certain type of fight, you know, of smart fighting mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, some what are some other types of boss? Like another boss could be like you have to be defeated by doing three things. Like you have to. You have to plant a bomb on each of its three glowing, mm-hmm. you know, power sources or something like that. You know, something yeah. that is very different. So, that, I guess what I'm interested in are bosses that, like, the, the each boss feels like it has a different solution than the previous yeah. boss did. A big bruiser has to be there, and I think I kind of like the idea of that maybe being the first one because that's mm-hmm. that's what like you kind of expect. Like, it's a tough thing. So it's going to have a lot of hit points. So you should we should design him so he's fun and cool to fight but like he should just boil down to like he's just going to charge at the nearest pc and swing his gigantic cleaver yeah yeah i wonder if even um even that big bruiser like comes out and is you know like 10 feet tall and you know really tough looking and stuff and has like a big cleaver and then as soon as you do a little bit of damage he like you know pulls the cleaver in half and there's two of them there yes. and then he like rages out and grows another 10 feet tall right yes. like you have yeah i have sort of like these multi-stage things i think could be really fun multi-stage um, is awesome i mm-hmm. D fourth edition had a neat mechanic the bloody it introduced the bloodied mechanic where when mm. something got to half health it triggered something it, it just it mimics you know phase two of you know basically video game battles but mm-hmm. that's a really fun that's really fun what if, um, like, so you mentioned the power sources one, like, what if there's some sort of ethereal being that has, like, that has those power sources, but they, I'm thinking almost like, a, it's like, almost like a tripod. So it's sort of like up in the air and it has these three, three, like, power sources on the ground that are connected through, like, lightning mm-hmm. almost, right? So if you touch the lightning, you know, it zaps you. So it's like these five or 10 feet long, like, legs. And so it, it like, swings one of them at a time as it moves around. Okay. So you have these, like you have these barriers almost of lightning getting swung around yes. around the place. And it's also really hard to hit because it's just like not quite on this plane necessarily. Yeah. So maybe all of your attacks are like, yeah, um, take some sort of um, debuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like too. the idea of, uh... okay. So, well, so for, mm-hmm. let's finish our bruiser boss. Oh yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Like just, just because I'm going to get too excited about what you're just talking about. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back. So yeah. boss number one, or maybe you're going to randomize the order of these bosses or whatever, but is, is mm-hmm. a bruiser. It's a big hand to hand guy. And so what if for each boss, we talk about their main, uh, their, their shtick. And then we talk about how it changes in phase two. Um, yeah. So I think with that bruiser, I mean, I like that, like it, it starts off big, but then halfway through it gets bigger, <laughs> okay. bigger somehow. Yep. Um, okay. Let's do that. Yeah. And, uh, with, you know, the cool, most editions of D and D have like reach rules and other cool things. So as its size increases, so does its ability to, to get you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you could have that. You, you could be that could be a like a single a single growth <laughs> growth thing. It's like you know, like it gets twice as tall at some point in the fight, yeah. or it could be a linear thing where it's like more even exponential. I guess right. Like as a, as you do more damage to it, it keeps on getting bigger and bigger. Yep. That actually might be really fun. Is like you keep doing damage to it so much that it just sort of like explodes. <laughs> at the end oh yeah, because it just grows. It grows so big. That's a fun. So, that's really fun yeah. actually. I think we should okay. you should do that. Okay. Uh, what's that guy's guy or girl's name? What's their name? Oh, you know it has to sound like exactly what it is. Something that wants to just hit you with its axe. Yeah, like like Lieutenant like Monstro. Or like... <laughs> yes. Okay, Lieutenant Monstro. It is. Okay, L- Lieutenant Monstro. Like yeah, given name of Bruiser Monstro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. All right. So then let's jump ahead to this, uh, this ethereal being, this tripod. <laughs> yeah. So I um, like the idea of something the PCs can damage, but they are doing so inefficiently unless they take some sort of non-combat, you know, un- unless they accomplish some sort of non-combat goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this, um, right. So like with this one, you have those, the three power sources, like you mentioned. Yep. So it's like, you have to take those out to really really do any damage like maybe maybe those three power sources are i don't know like powering a shield that it's using yeah so it's firing off spells of some sort at you within the shield and it's like the only way to get at it is to take out these power sources and then then attack it yeah so i like that okay then what's this lieutenant's name (laughs) i don't know like i mean i'm picturing like a a a dude in like a big mechanical tripe like a war of the world's tripod or something like oh actually stomping uh, around Okay. I don't know. I was picturing I was picturing like a like wispy ghost okay. almost. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um yeah, like a wispy ghost inside of like a, a force field with like these I don't know. Like I, I'm not even imagining any of it being very physical. I okay, guess. yeah. Yeah. So So how does that change in in phase two? Um, let's go I with the let's two... go with the wispy ghost approach. Yeah, so we go with the wispy ghost approach. Maybe in phase two, it becomes solid, like it actually enters our plane oh, entirely. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so maybe maybe it doesn't have its shield anymore, but it, uh, all its spells are much more powerful because they're not trying to go through through interplanar dimensions. Okay, yeah, I like that idea. I think this is a StarCraft character. Is there a StarCraft character named Ghost? Uh there's like a... there's a type of unit in StarCraft that's okay. Ghost. Let's see. I like the idea of this one, like not, um, not going by lieutenant. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't like want a title. Yeah. <laughs> necessarily, even though it is, it's like everybody calls it lieutenant ghost or whatever its name is, but it's just like never refers to itself as that. It's like I'm the, I'm the high, like the high wizard of the the grand dimension. Yeah. <laughs> like it has its own title. All right. What's its name, Andy? Oh, I, I don't know, man. I mean. What would the what would the Colosseum what would be on the poster for this fight? You know, uh, it would be some sort of crowd friendly title. Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah, it'd be their real name, and then there'd be some sort of nickname applied. Yeah, applied to it. Um, so, what if the real name is just incomprehensible? Like, yeah, it's like gibberish. Yeah, like <laughs> Cthulhu style uh, gibberish, and yeah. it's you know it's a stage name like Zaps or. <laughs> Mystery, uh, Mysteriosa uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, Mysteriosa. Uh, we got to we got to do this. We can cut out some of this um, this like thinking time, but um, the phantasm, phantasm that works. Okay. Yeah, the phantasm. 
Probably spelled with an F, though, like instead of PH. Oh, yeah, because like it's fantastic. Phantasm. Okay, here, here's a pitch for the next boss, just throwing it out there. Uh, what uh, Something of that is not a single entity, but a bunch of smaller things. Yeah, I like that. It's like just like, how is this fair? There's, you know, 10,000 of them. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there would need to be some kind, some kind of a gimmick to it that you could take mm-hmm. advantage of rather than just fight 20... 20 things what if it's um what if there is like one person controlling all the things okay yeah so it's you know like they have a it's a bunch of automatons or zombies you know something something that's somewhat brainless but um yeah it's controlled by a single entity so i like that so what about this every 25 percent of like its hit point damage every time you knock it down by another 25 percent it summons something slightly more powerful like it, it oh, okay. summons like two. Say it starts out with just the thing and like two zombies, and then if you mm-hmm. knock it down to twenty five percent, it summons two whatevers, two trolls. Yeah. If it's, if it's okay. down and and the goal here would be, you know, to have the PCs way. Do we focus on it? Do we do we focus on it as fast as and try to just kill it as fast as possible, or do mm-hmm. we pause? Because maybe itself it is not all that powerful. And do we pause and deal with the minions, but like risk having them uh, just wear us down? Yeah. What if it looks like the things that it's summoning to? Oh. <laughs> yes. Right. So it's like a like a zombie that summons two other zombies, and it's like it's it's uh, this is, again this is a very video gamey thing. Like yeah, but then you can't tell yeah tell which one is the real one. Let's do it. Um, okay. Yeah. There's yeah, there's already spells in the D and D repertoire that uh, do something like that effect. So. Uh... Yeah, it's like a, a necromatic doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, I'm just going to write down necromatic doppelganger because I don't think there'd be a cooler name than that. <laughs> That's it right there, I think. That would be on yeah. the on the flyer. Um, let's see. Okay, like, we're we're going up on time a little bit. Yes, so, like, maybe are. let's define who this big bad is yep. a little bit. Uh, so, is this next one the, the, the final fight? Yeah, so this would be the... This would be the the leader okay. of them all, right? Like, yeah. So this is this is the person person in charge. You know what? An idea we haven't touched on so far that what? Elden Ring springs on likes to spring on you is like, mm-hmm. oh, you got me down to fifty percent. I'm going to summon in like another another boss to join the fight. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's kind yes. of I, we kind of hit on that in the last boss, I guess. But yeah, no, but yes, <laughs> yeah, like another yeah, full full boss who's much harder, much faster. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so like, who who's the sort of entity that's like running running the show? Are they a combination of all these things in some way? Like, did they teach teach each of these people their tricks? So like, they they can do them um, themselves, but maybe a bit control, more controlled or at a smaller scale. Yes, I like that a lot. It rewards the mm-hmm. PCs for kind of figuring out how to handle each of the previous bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know how I guess. So, I, more video game talk. Spoilers for Dark Souls 3, I guess. You know, at the end of Dark <laughs> Souls 3, it, like, the final boss, like, switches between different player... It basically different. switches between different player classes. And mm-hmm. the idea of it is it's like a final exam for you, the player. Have you figured yes. out how to deal with all of these sorts of things? Yeah, I like that. Like, I think we should we can take that idea. So, I mean, it could either be a stage thing where it's like, you, you know knock it down to 33% health and then it you know switches switches uh tactics yep. 
you know, like that, or it's just all of them all at the same time, right? It's like, so maybe it, you know, it jumps down, it grows real big, it has a copy of itself, it can, you know, cast spells, like that that sort of thing. Yeah, what if it's got like a, so you, you mentioned earlier the slightly lesser effect. What if it's got like a, it can, it can choose to do any of those three things. It could get big, it can um, put up an ethereal shield, it can uh, split itself. What if it can do mm-hmm. all those things, but it's somewhat lesser? Like, it's not... Each of those things is less powerful than when uh, the previous bosses were using it? Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe it's more of a... It's an action rather than, like, its thing. So... Yeah. Right, like, I, I think a couple of these we've been talking about, like, they're almost like reactions. Yes. Or it's just, that's who they are, but this is, like, it has to take the action. It's like... Turn one, I'm going to turn on this giant shield. Now you have to deal with the shield, but like while you're dealing with that, I can still like, I don't know, shoot you with my arrows yeah. or, or whatever it is. What what's its preferred? Let's give it like a cool, um, right? So it's going to be an amalgamation of all these three. But let's give it like a cool hook by itself. Yeah. Does he have like a, a cool sword? Is he a dragon? Is he? Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm kind of liking the idea of something that like absorbs the key power of other things it's already defeated or something like that yeah um, i don't know i i kind of like just a guy with a super guy or girl with a super cool sword <laughs> okay <laughs> like storm I'm, wow. I'm thinking like you know stormbringer sword yeah right so elric like if elric could focus a little bit and actually run a kingdom this is, yeah, yeah. This is who this guy is okay <laughs> Uh, okay, so you think, yeah, I think in Elric, like, yeah, Elric with Stormbringer, like, yeah, this, <laughs> jumping down. So whatever this thing is, it has glowing red eyes. Um, yeah, like that, and can, can use all this stuff. That actually, it's interesting. I mean, other than the getting bigger thing, I feel like we have described Elric <laughs> for the most yeah. part. And I, yeah, and I find it personally effective in these boss, in boss things when the final bad guy is not, like, a huge monstrosity, like the other mm-hmm. stuff you fought, um, I don't know. There's just something kind of effective about about that. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like that. I think that's good. Do we want to give this person a name? It can't be Elric. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, at this point, we're getting to the point where you know this might be somebody important in your campaign that has already yeah. had a presence, I guess. But <laughs> if we are making the flyer for him for this fight. It's probably going to be someone who's more of a title than a name. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's going to be like the high commander or like the, the emperor or, you know, the leader of the planet. I feel like, you know, like who's this, what's the sort of ruler that would even set up a Coliseum like this, right? Like what's, what's their defining personality trait, right? Like, could we call them like the, I don't know the just emperor <laughs> right like yeah. there's this you know kind of perverted sense of like the coliseum or you know this boss rush like this is the way for you to prove yourself yeah. or something like that you know so th- they probably themselves believe in some sort of um ideal that has been twisted yeah <laughs> like uh, the phrase justice of the peace uh is spreading to my <laughs> That's that's good. But like, yeah, like the lawgiver or the judge yeah. or judge something or uh... yeah. Like, what if they style themselves as something like yeah, the judge, the kind judge, or the yeah, the fair, yeah, the fair judge. Yeah, the like oh. the 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 voice of mercy or something. Oh, I like that. 
voice of mercy. And maybe his shtick could be he has like some sort of judge, like maybe his 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 <laughs> costume is like judge themed in some way, and like, like okay, and he has. When he delivers like a killing blow, he has some sort of like justice is served. <laughs> like, I, yes, the he's... sentence is death. <laughs> it's a powdered wig. Yeah, in, in yeah. judge's robes, yeah. and he has yeah, just a big gavel. Yes, that's yeah, that's it. His stormbringer is like the world's biggest gavel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, take that or leave that. I, I would probably take that myself, but you, know, you listener might have a different idea about um, the, yeah, the tone of you your can game. Tone, tone that last 60 seconds of yeah. ideas down a little bit. But. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, this sounds really, really fun. Um, so I think there's like, we have a, a decent framework. I think you can tune each of the encounters a bit to what, what you want to do with this. Um, I want to run this as a one shot, I think. Like, yeah. this, this sounds like a fun thing to run as a one shot. Um, yeah, I think you'd have to find the right group. It'd be very, very much more like mechanically focused than narrative focused, but I think there's still, <laughs> still yeah. lots of good stuff there. So it, throughout this whole thing, I have been thinking this is, this would be terrifically fun in fourth edition D and D, which is mm. uh, very friendly to the idea of like an arena battle. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear first, um, Andy loves 4th edition and only wants to play that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, well, this is a funny time for it to come out. But I actually I have a great fondness for 4th edition. It's the it's oh the, nice. It's the forgotten edition of D&D, but it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, maybe that'll be our topic for next week. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, which edition of D&D is the best? Like, that'd be a great podcast topic. Because if there's something that hasn't been discussed on the internet, it's that. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up there. Um, thank you, Ryan um, and Korea, for this. This was a super good question. I really liked it. Uh, yeah. If you are a listener and you have a question or a design challenge that you want to put put on the table, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, we always love submissions like that. Yeah. So, Andy, I have a couple of just like housekeeping things. I actually, have a few plugs yeah. this week, um, which is rare for me. So, number one, um, which is going to be more interesting, I think, to, to most people, is so I was actually on the Splatbook podcast. So, the Splatbook is um, one of our sister podcasts on the Roll For It Media Network. Um, so, I was on their most recent episode. We talked about trains, which was a, a fun, fun conversation. Um, yeah, so go check that out. We'll have a link to it. It's just the you didn't uh, you didn't see just a train themed boss in this. I'm a little disappointed. I, <laughs> It didn't. That would, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I've stopped thinking about trains since then, but I think just maybe yeah, if you want the tra- train-related content, go over, go over to the Splat book. You know, I think you fight what basically look like trains in Final Fantasy VII, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, and I think this was cut from the Splat book episode, but I did talk about in Final Fantasy VI, there's an extended train sequence in that, and you actually can suplex a train in, in that game <laughs> as well. Um Okay, but I promise we wouldn't talk about video games. Although, actually, no, I lied, because uh, I'm going to talk about a video game. So I, <laughs> I've also released a video game um, this past week. So a friend of mine and I make video games, um, and so we actually just had a release. So if you have an iOS device, you can go download Bug Drop, um, just Bug Drop, and I think there's an exclamation point at the end of it. Uh, it's a really fun little platformer game um, that we put together, and so we'd love it if you want to try it out, and feel free to rate us. So. My uh, my eleven year old uh, stress tested it the other day, and uh, mm-hmm. I was watching him, and we actually gasped with delight the first time we got like a skin for our bug, or, like a new skin. Yes, like we got a little <laughs> wizard skin or something like that. It was yes. delightful. 
Oh, that's great. Yes, that's super fun. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, and I can say that as someone who has made a couple games that are not all that great before, uh, this one is actually fun. So go, <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> uh, Trust me, I know a bad game, and this is not one. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. 